0: It's Monday, September the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Trump's Supreme Court nomination and his personal tax returns too. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett to join America's Supreme Court, filling the seat vacated by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died earlier this month. At 48 years old, Miss Barrett, a staunch conservative, would skew the court rightwards for the foreseeable future. Democrats urged Mr Trump to wait until after the election in November before appointing a new justice. Mr Trump paid just $750 in federal taxes in both 2016 and 2017, according to documents obtained by the New York Times. He paid no tax whatsoever during 10 of the years between 2000 and 2015. Moreover, his business empire is heavily indebted. Mr. Trump has steadfastly refused to divulge his tax returns, as convention has long demanded of presidential candidates and presidents. He called the revelations fake news. TikTok won a last-minute reprieve. Hours before an executive order would have forced American app stores to remove the Chinese-owned social media app, a federal judge ruled that the Trump administration's ban would infringe upon rights to free speech and due process. ByteDance TikTok's owner is wrangling with Oracle, an American tech firm, over a sale that might alleviate the pressure. China's biggest chipmaker insisted that it has no links to the armed forces after the Trump administration placed new sanctions on it. America's Commerce Department sent a letter to firms on Friday warning that exports to SMIC could be diverted for military use. Companies wishing to sell to the Chinese firm must now acquire a license. Armenia and Azerbaijan clashed over the disputed region of nagona karabakh Armenia accused its neighbor of launching air and artillery attacks on civilian areas under its control, while Azerbaijan said it was responding to shelling from the other side. More than 20 people have been killed. Both countries declared martial law and mobilized their citizens. Russia called for an immediate ceasefire. Yemen's warring Saudi-backed government and Houthi rebels agreed to exchange more than 1,000 prisoners. The five-year-old conflict which has killed tens of thousands of people has reached stalemate. The UN hopes that the prisoner swap will kickstart negotiations to bring the war to an end. And voters in Switzerland rejected a plan to end free movement with the EU. The proposal was supported by the right-wing Populist Swiss People's Party, which argued for tighter controls on immigration. The Swiss also narrowly approved a plan to buy new fighter jets and rejected a law that would have made it easier to hunt wolves. And now here's today's agenda. Reassuring Presence Emmanuel Macron's Baltic Tour The French President arrives in Lithuania today for a three-day Baltic tour which will also take him to Latvia. The visit comes at a crucial moment for French foreign policy. The Baltic states were dismayed last year by Mr. Macron's criticisms of NATO which guarantees their security and remained worried about his ambitions to pursue a strategic dialogue with Vladimir Putin's Russia. To reassure them that France is committed to Baltic security, Mr. Macron will tomorrow drop in on French soldiers serving as part of a NATO battle group in the Lithuanian town of Rukla. The poisoning of Alexei Navalny, Mr Putin's leading opponent at home, and Russia's defence of Alexander Lukashenko's dictatorship in Belarus are prompting a harder tone in Paris. Mr Macron yesterday declared, it's clear that Lukashenko must go. And his office has not ruled out a meeting with Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, the exiled Belarusian opposition leader, who also happens to be in Lithuania. Two from one. Siemens Spins Off Its Energy Arm Today, Deutsche Börse will see the biggest spin-off in the history of the German stock exchange. Siemens is listing its energy unit, Siemens Energy, valued at about 20 billion euros, 23 billion dollars. The engineering giant is giving 55% of the equity to its investors at a ratio of 1 for 2 Siemens shares. Siemens Proper will keep a direct stake of 35.1% in the unit, which it aims to reduce to one quarter within five years. Siemens Energy consists of a gas and power business, as well as a 67% stake in Siemens Gamesa, a Spanish renewables business currently worth an estimated €9.9 billion. The spin-off transforms Europe's biggest conglomerate into a firm mainly focused on its digital and automation business, with a controlling stake in Healthineers, a medical technology business, just when a new chief executive is taking over. Roland Bush will run daily operations from October 1st and be fully in charge early next year. Ticket to Ride Uber's London Licence Uber today finds out if a British court will make an honest company out of it. The ride-sharing firm's 45,000 London drivers have operated without a license in the capital for nearly a year. Last November, Transport for London refused the company a license on safety grounds. Uber had failed to stop a small number of unauthorized drivers posing as verified ones. No passengers were harmed as a result, But London's powerful lobby of black cab drivers seized on the failing. Thanks to the appeals process, Uber kept on driving. Meanwhile, the case that it is not fit and proper has become harder to make. The firm has tightened procedures to ensure licence compliance. Britain's police are backing its bid as Uber shares data to help them spot drug transporting and human trafficking. And the capital's mayor, Sadiq Khan, is unlikely to want to deprive millions of Londoners of cheap rides during hard times. Sin City. Corruption in the Vatican. Inspectors from Money Vale, Europe's money laundering watchdog, this week begin a visit to a Vatican riven by dissent and alive with conspiratorial speculation. On September 24th, Pope Francis took the highly unusual step of stripping Cardinal Giovanni Angelo Becciu, one of his most powerful lieutenants, of his rights and duties as a cardinal. He also fired Cardinal Becciu from his post as head of a Vatican department I've been treated like the worst of the paedophiles, the cardinal reportedly said yesterday. He is claimed to have steered cash from the Vatican and the Italian church to a charity run by his brother, a charge his brother denies. He is also alleged to have given Vatican business to two other brothers. But many in the walled city believe that the accusations are a pretext for removing a prelate who Francis thinks obstructed his efforts to reform the Vatican's opaque finances. A Courtroom Drama Britain's Judicial System Salford's Lowry Theatre raises the curtain on an unusually lifelike production today. The venue in the north of England is the latest to be drafted as a Nightingale Court, so named after Britain's hastily built temporary hospitals, receiving a government contract to host socially distanced judicial proceedings. Covid-19 restrictions temporarily closed almost half of Britain's courts and jury trials were entirely suspended in March. For the first time in five years, waiting times for criminal defendants' first hearings are on the rise. The backlog of pending criminal cases has shot up by 75% since February, from a 10-year low last year. Most of the 17 Nightingale courts already in operation are limited to hosting civil and family matters, but the Lowry will be outfitted for criminal cases. In one courtroom, each juror will watch proceedings from a six-person box. With shuttered theatres struggling to stay afloat during the pandemic, Britain's accused are doing their bit to support the arts. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Louis Pasteur, who died on this day in 1895. In the fields of observation, chance favours only the prepared mind.